live in front of a national studio audience. It's on Tilt Sports. Featuring cutting-edge gambling analysis of hot college football action for your betting success. Look out now. Here are your hosts, Liam and Clayton. Welcome back, everybody. We are looking ahead to Week 7, but before we do that, let's recap a little bit of what happened in a crazy Week 6. We had Red River which was absolutely bananas. Uh, we had uh, Alabama get upset. By the way, a trivia question for you. How long has it been since an undefeated number one team in the country lost to an unranked team? How many years? Undefeated number one ranked team. Oh, gosh. I'm just going to guess seven. Uh, negative. That would be uh, 13 years. That was 2008 13. USC at Oregon State on a Friday night in Corvallis. Ooh, that one hurts. You had to do it. That one hurts. Uh, I can't believe nobody else has done that since, but Alabama's basically been number one every year, and they haven't lost to an unranked team. So I guess that makes some sense. And and same with Clemson. What would you notice from last week? Man, last week was absolutely bonkers. Um, Just looking at the the new top 25 rankings this week, it looks pretty funny. I'm not going to lie. We have Iowa ranked second. We have Cincinnati ranked third. Both those teams are ahead of Oklahoma and Alabama, uh, respectively. Still looks really weird on on the page there. But, um, you know, I'll start here with Iowa. I still think Iowa's a fraud. They are – this is going to sound a little harsh, but they're maybe the luckiest – um, luckiest number two team of all time, maybe the worst number two team of all time, at least in my, you know, 15 to 20 years of watching college football, they just keep getting lucky turnovers. I still think Penn state is a better team. Uh, Penn state's quarterback got hurt, unfortunately for them. Um, and then their backup quarterback could not do anything. So somehow Iowa is still undefeated. Um, I imagine they'll go down here fairly soon. Uh, Cincinnati ranked third. Um, you know, they, they crushed Temple. They're still looking good. But let's get to the juicy stuff. Oklahoma versus Texas, the Red River River rivalry game there in Dallas was absolutely bananas. Uh, Spencer Rattler gets taken out of the game, of course. Uh, just not looking prepared. Looking like he doesn't know the plays half the time. Um, probably scrolling on Instagram on the sidelines. You know, who knows what he's doing, man. But looks like it's Caleb Williams' team now. And uh, maybe, you know, Liam, you and I, maybe we can talk later. Maybe we can talk now about possible uh, transfer portal and destinations for Spencer Rattler. That'll be a fun topic. Maybe out to the West Coast. He's a West Coast guy. Maybe out to a Pac-12 school. Uh, maybe he'll go big and go to the SEC. But excited to see where he ends up. Um, and, of course, you know, I'll mention this. Alabama, uh, they go down this past weekend, of course, to Texas A&M. Uh, Liam, Texas A&M finally figured out how to put the ball in the end zone. They couldn't score hardly anything against anybody else. And then, of course, they play Bama, and they put up over 40 points. Not really sure how that works out, but, hey, that's why it's college football. That's why we watch the games, and that's why we love it. Uh, I'm going to interrupt you real quick. Uh, I made a rookie mistake. I I went ahead and played four to six or 12 or 18 parlays uh, on the weekend. And I think I had Bama money line in like six of them just thinking, ah, that'll add a little bit of extra juice here. They were like minus 1400. So on like a three legger, it was adding like, I don't know, a unit maybe, or like, you know, 50 bucks uh, to a, a large payout total. So it wasn't really breaking the bank, but I thought there's no effing way they're going to lose. We went through how Jimbo had talked some smack in the beginning of the season and Saban, you know, fired back and was like, what are they going to beat us at golf? Are you kidding me? And I thought Saban was going to be extra fired up, make sure his boys were ready to play, but it was anything but that. However, watching that live, they're down two scores. 
And I just still think there's no way Bama's going to lose this. So guess what? I want to sprinkle a little bit on a live money line on Bama. And down two scores in the third quarter, they were still like minus 140 or something just outrageous. Uh, and then they ended I up thought, going up seven at one point too. I thought there's no way after that. We're, we're good. Even if they, you know, A&M marches down the field a little bit, they're going to get stopped. Something weird's going to happen. They'll miss a PAT. Bama will keep the field goal as time expires. Nope, quite the opposite. Uh, that was insanity. And uh, you know what? Good for Jimbo shooting his shot. That guy is probably partying uh, still to this day, uh, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday into the next week. Uh, all his players, his second stringers, his third stringers, they're having a week. Look for AM to have a letdown next week because, uh, yeah, they're still partying out there in College Station. By the way, King Jersey Swap. You know, the guys uh, swap jerseys after the game from opposing teams. I saw one of the AM players swapped with one of the AM cadets, uh, a huge ROTC uh, military school. So he was wearing the military gear. Don't know how, like, PC that is or if that's all right, but. It was pretty cool. Hadn't seen like something uh, like that before. Uh, let's see what else happened. Oh, you know what? Before we move on to what else happened, you just got me thinking about Iowa. I'm pulling up their schedule here. I don't see a loss, man. Versus Purdue at Wisconsin at Northwestern versus a terrible Minnesota team. I've decided uh, who just lost not too long ago to God. Who was that? Help me out here. Fourteen Bowling to ten. Green. Bowling Green. They bounced Action. back last week. By the way, Minnesota against Purdue by three. Uh, anyway, Iowa finishes out the season with home game against Illinois and going to Nebraska. I don't see it. Yeah, that's that's not not a favorable schedule in my um, my uh, Iowa hater Iowa take, I guess. But maybe Nebraska. Nebraska played good against Michigan. Um, standard Nebraska form. They fumbled the ball there at the end. Adrian Martinez trying to get an extra half yard after he already picks up the first down, just gets it ripped out of his arms. You know, like I said, standard Scott Frost, standard Nebraska. Um, you know, maybe Wisconsin will figure something out, and uh, they'll lose a you know nine to six game up there in Madison. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, all roads look like they lead to the Buckeyes um, in uh, in Indy for the Big Ten championship game. Hopefully, the Buckeyes can take care of business there. But I mean, I don't know. It'd be cool to see Iowa in the playoff. I just I like to see good teams where, where they belong, and I'm just not seeing it with Iowa right now. I'm feeling you. You talk about number two, Iowa being maybe the most overrated number two in recent memory. I feel like Michigan at number nine previously, what are they this week? Seven or six? They're uh, eight actually. It, yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. They shouldn't jump up too much. Uh, that, that Martinez fumble, that was a big deal. Uh, Michigan, I just have not believed in all season. I get it. They're six and oh now and they're looking pretty good. And they're like, oh, is this the year? The one year they're not talked about is potentially challenging Ohio State, who obviously got beat by Oregon. It's just a mess this year, man. Uh, but I still do not believe in Michigan. They will lose at some point, and I'm going to oh, keep yeah. riding that uh, opponent as long as I can. Uh, there's one other thing I wanted to hop on. Oh, Oklahoma betters. If you took Oklahoma minus three or three and a half, oh, depending wow. on when you got them, you can thank the Lord that that running back ran the ball in with two seconds left instead of a game-winning kick, which looked like it was going to be the case where you would have pushed or lost. Uh, that was phenomenal, phenomenal stuff. Yeah, that was ridiculous. Looks like they had seven seconds left. They were going to take maybe one more handoff, run off a few more seconds, take a timeout, kick the field goal. But running back took the handoff, started running, and no one from Texas tackled him. Good thing he didn't get tackled on the one-yard line with, with no time on the clock or something. But, you know, typical Big 12 defense, typical Texas letdown in the second half, just let him waltz right on into the end zone for, for the game-winning score. And, um, yeah, like I said, we'll see uh, what happens to Spencer Rattler. 
pouring through some of these other games. Oh, Ole Miss, Arkansas last week. That was a 13 v 17. Ole Miss at home, by the way, MVP for Arkansas. Had they pulled it out as the Ole Miss clock operator. What are we doing? What are we doing? Uh, Ball was thrown away by the Arkansas quarterback. I think KJ Jefferson's his name uh, threw out the back of the end zone. I didn't see it hit anything. I didn't see it really like definitively be a, a clock stoppage. Stop the clock with one second left. Give them another play. Arkansas scores. They go for two and the dub. They do not get it. But uh, Ole Miss almost had a big problem on their hands. Uh, fiery game. 103 points. That's fun to watch. Uh, let's see. Notre Dame survives against Virginia Tech. You watch any of that? I did not watch any of that. Too many uh, better games going on, I should say. Um, but I'm sure Lane Stadium was rocking like they always are. Um, you know, really tough, tough place to play. You know, the, one of the few teams in the country where you could really add a few points to their spread uh, with the home field advantage. But Notre Dame, good program. We've talked about Brian Kelly quite a bit on this show. Um, you know, really solid coach and goes into a tough environment and pulls out a win. So for those of you who were chasing like I was Saturday night, and it took a while after Bama, but I certainly did catch up and now I'm quite positive carried it into this week. Uh, San Diego State just destroying New Mexico was an absolute luck. Uh, first half minus seven. That was a lock. They were up 17-0 at the end of the half. Um, San Diego State is a good, sneaky little bet if you um, you know are looking for something later at night, something a little under the radar. They're going to be playing some teams that are not too popular. Um, still undervalued. They're playing their home games this year because Qualcomm, where the Chargers and San Diego State Aztecs play, uh, or Chargers used to play, uh, back in the day, awful stadium. That has gotten torn down. So while they're constructing a new stadium for San Diego State, they're playing at uh, the Home Depot Center in Carson where the LA Galaxy play. So super weird, funky, but they figured out how to play there. They are 5-0. and uh, 1-0 and in the Mountain West schedule, though. They got four of their non-conference out of the way, beat Utah, um, which is not saying much, although Utah just destroyed USC, who is just horrific this year. So that really rounds it out for me for, uh, what was that, week six? Uh, anything else you want to hit on there before we recap where yeah. we were right, where we were wrong? Yeah, one more one more game on week six. Um, of course, LSU losing at Kentucky. Uh, not a good look for the uh, for the LSU Tigers there. Not a good look for Coach O. Um, most likely Coach O is going to be out, you know, maybe before the end of the season. If not at the end of the season, I'd be shocked if he was still there. Uh, this program is kind of reminding me of a little bit of Florida State right now. A little bit of Texas about 10 years ago or so toward the end of the Mac Brown era and after Mac Brown just seems like there there's a lot of a uh, lot of ego there a lot of dysfunction uh, the players just seem like they're focused on the NFL right now at least like their their top guys especially on defense their secondary guys they just seem like they're focused on the NFL not giving a ton of effort uh, like I said ego um, there's been some off the field issues um, but yeah it just doesn't look like a, a program that's that's really tight knit and buttoned up right now. You know, there, there were doubts about Coach O when, when he got there. There were doubts about him before Joe Burrow. And after Joe Burrow, the, the doubts are still there. So I imagine um, Coach O will be gone by the end of the season. And, man, Liam, what, what an exciting year. We have USC and we have LSU open. Let's, uh, let's see who gets the better guy or who, who people think is the better job. Yeah, it's a, a weird thing when you fire a coach so early in the season that you think you get a jump on everybody, and you kind of do, uh, but it doesn't really matter because you're not hiring a guy in September or October. Maybe it matters a little bit. So uh, a little disappointing that, uh, you know, my alma mater is going to have to compete with LSU, which is a great job. Uh, USC has been dysfunctional for a long time, and the last three coaches have had, uh, you know, raw end of it. So uh, maybe you're not as excited to come there as you are uh, LSU, where you've talked about before the advantages. Every kid in that state wants to go to that school. 
you are the best uh, FBS team in state or you're the only power five team in state, talent rich state, top three, top four in athletes. Um, I think actually we were talking about that last week. We did not have a pod last week. Uh, we tried, uh, but you know, it didn't say we're still rookies at this. Uh, but anyway, just so everybody gets that wealth of knowledge, wanted to throw it out there. Um, but let's talk about where we were right and where we were wrong. And to validate that, you can go to our Instagram account at Ontel Sports. You can see what we posted on what was that Friday night, Saturday morning before the game started. Uh, I finally have some success. I am not a middle of the road three and three guy. I was five and one at the spread. I was five and zero oh going into the Bama game. And silly me, I took Bama to smash. Uh, that was a bad call. So that is my one loss on the weekend. Yep, um, I I took the title for uh, mediocre from you, Liam. Um, I am what was three and three this week with uh, with my picks and my shot. Stanford money line was not even close. They lost at Arizona State, um, but games I won: Illinois, Wisconsin under forty two and a half. I think Wisconsin won twenty four nothing. Uh, that was good. Uh, Nebraska plus three and a half against Michigan. Of course, they won by three. Got a lucky half point win there. And I also won Tennessee minus 10 and a half for South Carolina. Tennessee blew out South Carolina. Tennessee has got some good juju on offense going right now. Uh, Michigan State Rutgers, that was a tough loss. Um, I had the over 51 and a half. Uh, the total was 35 at halftime, and they proceeded to score 10 points in the second half. Very disappointing. Um, I took Temple as kind of a long shot um, dog at Cincinnati Friday night. Temple was plus 29 and a half. Cincinnati won like 52 to three or something like that. So not even close there, but uh, looking to bounce back this week. Liam, tell us about your dubs. Oh, they were uh, actually real sketchy now that I'm looking at them. It felt great <laughs> when I had a little bit of a buzz on, but uh, man, I could have been three and three or two and four like that. Oklahoma minus three. Lucky. Ooh. Just covered how that worked out. Arkansas plus five and a half scores on the last regulation and goes for two instead of forcing overtime where I could have lost that uh Georgia minus 15 I think they rolled if I recall correct Iowa yeah Iowa minus two they won by three Uh, UMass though UMass Lock City against UConn plus three and a half they won that game by like 13 let's go Um, by the way uh fact of the week UMass has a longer current winning streak than the University of Alabama in the FBS <laughs> so good uh let's see I don't recall what my shot was but I think it got torched um and by the way let's update our standings uh speaking of three and three we're three to three uh head to head on the season we still have those three season long points we'll keep going with one a week at the spread and overall combined we are 35 24 and one at the spread that's damn impressive. That is impressive. I, I don't care if we have some down weeks. That's we're, good. We're making money, people. Uh, Let's go. I also had, I, I forgot when I had the OU Texas under 63 and a half. That was nice. not even close. Great pick. Yeah. When was it 63 and a half? Like the second quarter? <laughs> uh, probably before halftime, I think. Yeah. I think you're right. Uh, let's look ahead a little bit to week seven's games. Uh, I'm just going to scan here real quick. By the way, I was talking about tasty San Diego State action. You got a Friday night, 7.30 Pacific game uh, at San Jose State. Uh, Clayton's family members, uh, you know, uh, alumni, alumni, alumni. Uh, That's so we right. can talk about San, Di- San Jose State a little bit. Um, but again, 5-0 and SDSU going into this game. San Jose State 3-3. Three and three. Let's talk about some real games, though. Uh, your CFP contenders, the University of Cincinnati, are home against the former little guys fighting for a playoff spot, that being UCF, the Golden Knights. They're coming to town. Should be interesting with a, a matchup of the little guys trying to be big guys. 
Uh, Oklahoma State playing Texas, who just got their hearts ripped out. Uh, that should be interesting to see how Sark and the boys bounce back. Oklahoma State feels like a pretender. Gundy, I feel like they should have lost twice, maybe three times. I don't believe in Spencer Sanders myself, but they just keep proving me wrong. Uh, luckily, I haven't really lost too much on them. A&M, 4-2, ranked number 21. They head to Missouri, who Tennessee just obliterated. Uh, uh, you got to ride Texas A&M, although I'm talking about this hangover from this big win. Hey, so yeah, watch out for the Yo. massive hangover. They're on the road at Missouri. Now, granted, Missouri's defense is trash. Their run defense is garbage. So Texas A&M could get lucky and pull out a close one, but uh, look for a massive hangover spot. Maybe some first half action on Missouri if you're feeling it. I don't know. I'm liking that. Uh, Missouri 3-3, 0-2 in the SEC, but really not much different than AM 4-2, 1-2 in the SEC. One win coming against Bama. Uh, <laughs> let's fast forward to 12-30, your midday game on CBS. We got number 11, Kentucky. Yeah, you heard right. Number 11, Kentucky, going to the University of Georgia, the Bulldogs, who have a dominant defense. They have given up 33 points this year. That is five in a little bit, some fraction per game. <laughs> That's just ridiculous. Uh, I know their schedule has maybe been a little softer, but still not terribly soft. They played four games in the SEC. Uh, it doesn't really matter against who at that point. Hey, for, for, for some context, that. Arkansas just put up 50 points on Ole Miss. Arkansas put up zero against Georgia. So looks like an all-time That's defense a, they have down there in Athens. Good comparison. You and I were talking about this last week. Kentucky's coach, Mark Stoops, been there forever, it feels like. He has one of the most fun contracts I've ever heard of. Kentucky's just cool to be like solid. So every time he gets to seven wins in a season, he automatically earns himself another year added to the end of his contract. And he has one win away in game seven this week. I had no idea. I've never heard of that. That is ridiculous, <laughs> but I love it. I mean, Hey, if you get to seven wins, eight wins at Kentucky, I mean, that's, that's a win. Take that people basketball school. Yeah. You're going to have marks. No, fo- no football history, no tradition. I mean, Hey, that's what they're doing now. Beating LSU. That's impressive. Hopefully the fans are enjoying that, it and appreciating it. That is impressive. And Kentucky took down Florida, uh, first time, uh, or I guess second time in 35 attempts against Florida. So they, they're putting something special together there. They beat that Florida game. and LSU in the same season, man, pretty cool. Listen to that scheduling, though. What is the SEC doing to the little guy and Mr. Stoops? you got LSU, Florida, and Georgia in three weeks in a row? Craziness, Whoa. I know. I Whoa. Know. Traveling to Georgia, by the way. Generational defense. <laughs> yeah. Good luck running the ball. Uh, the running back's name, Chris Rodriguez, I think. Pretty good player. He's thick. Going to be in the NFL. Good luck running against that Georgia front. It's going to be tough. He's thick with how many Cs? Two Cs, baby. You know. Because we're trendy C's. on this right. pod. <laughs> Oh, yeah, we were trendy like that kid from Ohio State said, yes. fuck with two or three C's of Ohio State. Yes, no K's, uh, just a couple C's. Yeah, yeah. That, okay. that does it. Uh, by the way, BYU number 19, they lost to Boise State last week. Uh, don't be so surprised. They were number 10 last week. They were missing their two quarterbacks, their starter and their backup. Uh, hopefully get their starter uh, back pretty soon. I think his name's Jaron Hall. That guy's legit. Uh, but they travel to Waco. They're playing Baylor. We'll see what happens there. By the way, big props big props to BYU. They're having a great season already. I and, and a lot of people thought that they were going to have a rebuilding season. You know, just lost the best player to ever play at their school, Zach Wilson. Uh, but they have not missed a beat. They just had their first loss this past weekend, unfortunately. But looking good, man. Looking good on their way to the Big 12. Absolutely. Uh, speaking of Zach Wilson, got his first up in the NFL the weekend prior to this, and then last weekend hung tight in that game in London. So uh, 
He's doing something with the Jets, which is saying something. Don't remind me. He knocked me out of my uh, pick'em league for for work. I, t- I took Titans to beat the Jets, and yeah, over half the office got knocked take, out, so I don't feel that bad. <laughs> you would take the Titans, you homer. Uh, by the way, Clayton, <laughs> yeah. big Steve McNair guy, R.I.P., oh, yeah. uh, always Eddie been George. a Titans guy. Oh, yeah. Eddie George. God, what a team. Frank Wycheck. Uh, <laughs> some fun times. Uh, let's carry on to later afternoon. Let's see. Bama with the bounce back going to play the Pirate Mike Leach uh, in Mississippi State. Uh, at Stark Vegas. Uh, who who already be... beat Texas A&M, by the way. Watch out, Bama, two weeks in a row. <laughs> I'm just Dude, kidding, that, man. Mike, Mike Leach and, and the squad there down in Starkville, they better get ready because Bama coming off a loss, you know, no more no more Nick Saban searching for ways to to motivate his team, you know, searching for, for anything to, to, to find negative. They just lost a game. So get ready, Bulldogs. It's, it's going to get – you're going to get hurricane roll tide down there. Let's see, we got – uh, a couple more games to round it out. 4.30 Pacific in Norman, Oklahoma. You get to see your newly quarterbacked University of Oklahoma. They can't start Spencer, right? Spencer's done. Uh, man, I would be shocked if they rolled him out there again. Uh, I mean, it's not like Caleb, Caleb Williams was super sharp or efficient or anything. I mean, how many shotgun snaps did he did he drop by just pulling his head up and, and looking at his receivers too early? But, but I mean, still, I, I, I'd be shocked if they rolled out Spencer there. I saw a video of him online somewhere kind of, running off the field pretty early, not celebrating with the team. So I can see uh, his attitude being being pretty poor this week and his ego being shot. And uh, like I said, look for him to be in the portal here. He'll, he'll finish the season, I imagine, um, but he'll be in the portal in Caleb Williams' time in Norman. That guy, Spencer Rattler, is getting shot out of a cannon into the transfer portal. Uh, I'm wildly curious to see where he ends up. You know what, up. man? I hey, I don't, I don't feel bad for him. Kind of reminds me of Tate Martell a little bit, although – Rattler did uh, did get some time to play in college football. He was a starter at Oklahoma. Tate Martell never got his time at Ohio State or Miami. But, hey, man, if, if you're going to be a cocky little shit and, and flex on Instagram and Twitter all the time, you better back it up on the field and you, you better be ready to go when the lights are on you because you know you're going to get criticized for every little thing you do. Spence was getting criticized and crushed when he was on the field playing. I mean, just, now, just imagine now what it's going to be like now that he's, now that he's not. So... We'll, uh, we'll see if he can can kind of turn turn his attitude around and, and figure out how to get humble because it's got to come fast. Do me a favor, my man. Break down Ole Miss traveling to Knoxville to play Tennessee 430 Pacific. Lane Kiffin looking to bounce back. Matt Corral still in the Heisman hunt? Uh, I would say Matt Corral is absolutely still in the Heisman hunt. Um, I mean, the, the one game they lost was against Alabama. I mean, that, that's not that bad of a team to lose to. Um, they just put it put it on Arkansas. Arkansas has had a pretty good defense this whole year. Um, he had no problem with them. But yeah, going to be a really exciting game this Saturday in Knoxville when they um, they take on the Volunteers. Tennessee has been on absolute fire lately. Um, they kicked the crap out of Missouri, put up over 60 points. Um, they, they beat down uh, South Carolina this past weekend, um, put a ton of points up in the first half. Uh, second half was a little bit slower, but they didn't really need it. Um, so I'm looking for a ton of points in that game. I think the total right now is around 80 or so, uh, which is rightfully so. You know, it, it shouldn't be a tick below 80, I don't think. Um, I could see it going over easily. Now, I did say that when Ole Miss went to Tuscaloosa to take on Bama, but Hey, you know, Nick Saban's smarter than that. It was an absolute shootout last year between those two teams. I should have known better. We kind of saw an undercoming there. But, hey, this is Josh, Josh Heupel's Tennessee. They're putting up points right now. They don't have much of a defense. I can see both teams hitting 50 here, maybe 60. It's going to be a wild one in Knoxville. Absolutely, man. You're correct. The over-under there is 82. Uh, that being said, let's move on to our Week 7 picks. 
see if we can continue this run of uh, good winners. 35, 24, and one again. What's our win percentage here? Give me a second. Yeah, I'll take it. 59%. 59% over six weeks, and we're looking up at week seven here. Uh, money management, the key thing. Uh, don't swing big on one game. Unless you're me. By the way, just have to tout, because this is a gambling show, my bailout on Saturday night. I think I took a live line on the Dodgers, minus five and a half in the eighth. I took Did that hit? Uh, UCL. Yeah, well, this is a parlay. Okay, I took okay. that, and as you can probably tell, it hit, and I'm quite pleased about it. Dodgers minus five and a half when they were up seven in the eighth, uh, so there were still two half innings to play for their opponent. Uh, then I took the UCLA money line. They were playing at Arizona, playing kind of crappy, but Arizona's just horrific. It was halftime. Uh, I took the Saints uh, money line on Sunday, and I took the Cardinals money line on Sunday against the Niners, and it hit. And that was uh, eight units to win a whole hell of a lot more than that. Uh, I don't even... Uh, 30 units. Anyway, that dug me out of a hole. Thanks, Alabama. And we're back. Uh, we continued, and I thought, hey, we're back to even. Let's play some Sunday night football. And it just, we're, we're going up. Uh, so let's continue that in week seven. Rolling in the dough, going... Let's get it. Absolutely. This time, I'm just going to take my six picks. I'm going to do five units on each. I'm not going to mess around. That's the problem. When you put like 20 on one and you put, you know, one on each of the others, it's not doing it for you. Right, exactly. So, Money management, but the same amount every time. You know the deal. Exactly. I want to hear your first three. Let's hear them. Yes, sir. All right. Um, I'm going to go to the Big 12. Um, Liam, a team that you've been betting on at least a couple times this year, maybe three times. Give me Kansas State. They are getting six and a half points uh, hosting Iowa State. Uh, both teams coming off a bye. Uh, both teams have pretty solid defense. Um, both offenses are eh. Brock Purdy, eh, kind of overrated. Uh, Kansas State does have their starting quarterback back, uh, Skylar Thompson. He did play last weekend. Um, wasn't really sure if he'd be out there, but he was. Uh, so he's back in the lineup now. And like I said, they're getting six and a half points at home. I just don't think Iowa State is, is that good of a defense. Um, so give me the, uh, the Wildcats to cover that spread at home. Going to be a close game there. Uh, next game I'm going to go to, I'm going to go to the ACC, uh, give me UNC. They're getting, uh, no, sorry. They're seven point favorites at home against Miami. Now Miami's coming off a bye. I don't love that, but they're going on the road. They're playing a lot of young guys. I don't know if De'Aaron King is going to play or not. He didn't play much last weekend. Seems like they're having kind of a youth movement down there in Miami, but I don't trust them on the road uh, against UNC. I don't love UNC, but... I trust them enough to, to cover the spread against a young Miami team. Uh, third one I'll go to here. Um, give me this kind of a principal play here. I don't know a ton about Army. All I know is that they run the ball, a triple option. Wisconsin is hosting Army. The total is 39 and a half. Yes, you no. heard me right. 39 and a half. No, this is not an NFL game. This is a real college fo football game, 39 and a half. There's a reason why it's that low. Give me the under. Wisconsin's going to win 18 to nothing. Is our boy for Wisconsin playing? Uh, no idea. Don't Still care. Hurt. Doesn't matter. He's not good. Give me the under. <laughs> no. All right. Fair enough. Uh, luckily, we don't have any crossover in those three picks. I do like those picks, though. Uh, coming off a of bye, not always a good thing. Sometimes a good thing. Sometimes when you're playing a certain way, not a good thing. So I like you pointing that out there. All right. My first three I'm going to hit you with. Oklahoma, minus 13 and a half. They are at home against TCU, the Horned Frogs, the Fighting Gary Pat Patterson's. Uh, Caleb Williams, I, I think this is his show-out game. 
uh, if he gets the keys to the kingdom, he's going to be playing for his life, theoretically. You know, if he has a really terrible outing, maybe Spencer's back in there, split time. He doesn't want that to happen. Uh, granted, yeah, he made some you know, errors and, and mostly probably due to nerves. Uh, not an expectation he was going to get into that game. Uh, fumbling a lot of snaps, looking up too quick, trying to get rid of the ball a little quickly. But after settling in, you're beating your biggest rival. This is going to be a game where he shows out. They win by easily 19-20 plus, minus 13 and a half again is the spread. And pick Boston College, plus three at home against NC State. Now, NC State, we've talked about on this pod how they're a better team uh, than we, I don't know, probably regard them as commonly. Uh, I do like NC State for the record, but I just think that Boston College at home, it's like this weird environment. It's not a super college football-y atmosphere. Uh, I think it's going to be a bit colder, so you're traveling north from NC State. NC State coming off a bye. Again, we talked about how that's not always necessarily a good thing, especially when you're going against, uh, I think his name's Jeff Halfley, uh, coach for Boston College, one of the better coaches out there. D coordinator from Ohio State previously. He's being rumored for some of these big-time jobs. Give me Boston College plus three at home. I see them winning outright. Also, uh, their quarterback thing, his name's Jerkovich or Yurkovich. Phil uh, Jerkovic. Hey, well, that works. Uh, <laughs> look at my pronunciation. Uh, anyway, they had a, a backup coming into the game. I think that was two or three weeks ago at this point. And he's looking sturdy, dependable. Uh, Boston College thought their season was probably over when they lost – Say it, Phil, Phil, go ahead. Oh, Jerkovic, Jerkovic. Jerkovic. Uh, when they lost them, uh, probably thought it was over, but uh, Jeff Halfley's got the boys rallying. Uh, again, give me Boston College plus three. Clayton, your final three. Like it. Hey, I love that I have Army in one of my games. Love that you have Navy. Do we love America or what? Let's go. Yeah. All right. Where's uh, your Air Force pick? Let's hear it. Yeah, yeah, I wish I had an Air Force pick in there. Uh, I don't. Anyways, uh, this game, we already talked to, or you mentioned a little bit about this game, Liam. This is kind of a family game for me. Um, San Diego State. Uh, my sister went there. Shout out Claire Bear. Um, they are going up to San Jose State, uh, where uh, three of uh, my cousins went, the Decayers. Shout out Sam, Nick, and Jess. Uh, San Diego State is minus nine. Uh, give me the Aztecs all day long. Um, San Jose State, the Spartans have not looked good. Offense not very good. Uh, Liam, you mentioned it. San Diego State literally does not have a football stadium, and they've been playing up in L.A. for their home games, which, for those of you who don't know, is what, like a two- to three-hour drive or so, depending on traffic. So really just every game is, is an away game for San Diego State. So uh, uh, we mentioned they're undefeated right now. San Jose not looking good. Give me the Aztecs to roll up there in San Jose. All right. Uh, next game I'm going to go to, let's see, um, going to the Conference USA. Give me UAB minus 16 at Southern Miss. Um, I don't love that that they're on the road, but Southern Miss is not looking very good this year. UAB has, UAB has a pretty solid program. Give me them minus 16 uh, down there in Mississippi. And then last game I'm going to go to, I already mentioned this game one time. I can't wait to watch it. It's going to be exciting. Fireworks. Just put on a show, Matt Corral, the fighting Josh Heupels in Knoxville. Give me the over, 82, in uh, Ole Miss, Tennessee. Just kind of a principal play. I know that number is ridiculous, just like the Army uh, Wisconsin under number is ridiculous. When it's that high, it's that high for a reason. Give me over 82. Light it up. I love it. I cannot wait to watch that game myself. What do you think that ends up at, 90-plus? Man, I, I'm, I'm confident it's going to be 90, probably 100. Yeah. It's got to be. I just don't see any defense. I don't see any defense playing with by both of those teams lately. Offense is good. I mean, they're going to light it up. They have to. 
I'm going to go with a bit of an opposite, not on that game, uh, but in terms of maybe not a ton of points. Uh, we talked about Georgia hosting the University of Kentucky, the fighting Mark Stoops. Uh, again, he'd get that contract extension with a defeat of uh, number one Georgia. That's not going to happen this week. But what I'm looking at, this is a Clayton special. Give me University of Georgia under 34 and a half personal team points uh, for the game. We're getting degenerate. Uh, I, I think, it. yes, uh, I was thinking about a first half under, but I decided let's roll the dice for the whole game. Spreading that game, I think, is 23, 24, something like that. I think Georgia will probably cover. I think Kentucky's barely going to score, but I think Kentucky's defense is just good enough. Georgia is kind of looking ahead to the rest of their schedule. And yeah, they don't want to overlook a challenge from number 11, but let's face it, Kentucky's not truly a number 11. At least I don't believe so. And that means nothing, but I really don't. Uh, So give me Georgia to win that game. I don't know. I could see like 28 to three. I could see 31 to to seven, something like that. Uh, But I think they stay under 35 points so under 34 and a half for georgia if you can buy one point and get it under 35 and a half without giving too much away that's a good bet right there moving on give me cincinnati we talked about the matchup of the little guys minus 21 that's a lot of points at home against ucf uh however i think that this is where show points have to come into play uh if cincinnati's best win is going to be against a notre dame team that might lose three or four games and it's not the notre dame of a couple years ago uh but still a quality win they're gonna have to show it let's just face it there is subjective input in the cfp committee so minus 21 cincinnati they win by 28 plus they absolutely light it up ucf has a backup quarterback and finally this is just a weird one this is pure gut feel doesn't make any sense Give me P.J. Fleck and Minnesota at home plus four against Scott Frost in Nebraska, who just played Michigan tight. Michigan, a top eight team right now, but I think they're a pretender. Scott Frost got the boys back on track after an embarrassing week one loss against Brett Bielema and Illinois, but I think the luck runs out here. Minnesota is going to be at home, so I think P.J. Fleck gets him right after a narrow win over Purdue and the embarrassing loss to Bowling Green and corrects them on now what the media are considering a pretty quality Nebraska team. I love it. Love that pick. Also, I love the Cincinnati pick. At first, I saw that 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 spread, and I was like, man, that is a lot of points against uh, UCF. But like you mentioned, Liam, Cincinnati's trying to get in the playoff. Their schedule is not that great. They only have American teams left. They have to blow everybody out. They have to play all four quarters, score as many points as they can, win by as much as they can to try to get in there. Uh, impress the committee. All right, for my shot, um, I'm going to hit you with a parlay. There wasn't one particular game that was plus 300 or better that I loved. I'm going to go to the MAC. Uh, for those of you who know me, I love me some action. I love that they play those Tuesday, Wednesday games on ESPN in November. Uh, gets them, gets them, you know, kind of the, the only game on TV that night in prime time so that people like me actually watch their games. I love it. Uh, give me Eastern Michigan Moneyline playing at home against Ball State. Uh, they are slight underdogs. Uh, they are plus one, 105. Give me them. And then also give me Central Michigan. Yes, I'm betting on the uh, Michigan directional Whoa. schools. Not sure if that's a good idea or not, but Central is at home against Toledo. They are plus 175. Uh, both those games together for the parlay comes out to plus uh, 465, roughly or so, depending on where you get them. And mainly the reason why I'm, I'm taking these teams, it sounds kind of silly. The MAC is, is always such a close conference. Every team has like two losses, three losses. Every sp- spread is really close for the most part. They, they kind of beat up on each other. Everybody beats everybody. It's kind of like the Pac-12. So give me the home dogs, Eastern and Central, to uh, uh, hit me this parlay this weekend. 
I love that so much. I am going to lay a few units on that. Uh, can't wait to see week seven. Let's hope we continue this streak of dominance. Again, 59%. Uh, I'm coming off a of five and one week. I'm feeling Clayton's going to go five and one, and I'm going to go four and two this week. Uh, best of luck, everybody. Thank you, guys. Have a good one. Thank <laughs> you.